Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 140 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Langston Moore. Langston lives in Dallas, Texas now, but he was born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina, and he played football for University of South Carolina, which I actually have a master's degree from there, and my husband has a doctorate from there, so I am drinking coffee while we record from my University of South Carolina Gamecock mug, (laughs) just on your behalf, Langston. Thank you. Um, Then after 
playing football for USC. He was drafted and played for Cincinnati and Arizona and Detroit. But now he is a full-time creator. He's the author of two books with a third coming up, and he also does podcasts. So welcome, Langston. I'm really glad to meet you and have you here today. It's awesome to be here. We uh, we appreciate it. And it's it's quite crazy how uh you know colleges and schools we all get you know you meander, but there's still that connection there. So it's uh it's great to be here, and I'm glad you got the coffee mug out for me. Well, I'm going to tell you, it was super hard for me to get it and drink out of it back when I first got it because my granddaddy played football for Clemson, mm-hmm. which are you know huge rivals, as you know. So <laughs> we got to use that word huge, you know, loosely because we think of them as rivals, but you got to beat your rival at some point, and they they just crush us now. Well, okay, <laughs> but we'll take it. Well, I'm familiar with that because my undergraduate work. I went to Wake Forest University. And so we're used to beat by everybody. Yeah. So it builds character though, right, Langston? It does. And again, <laughs> you guys are smart. So like I always say, smart folks don't uh don't play football long. They don't, you know, once they figure it out, they don't stay in pain long. So absolutely. That's a good thing. Well my college roommate, her daughter's she, of course, went to Wake Forest with me, but her daughters are now at University of Alabama. And so she is living vicariously through them with football success. So. <laughs> it's crazy how much, you know, that just kind of drives everything because my daughter, a.k.a. my roommate, she's a softball girl. And, and, you know, she starts talking to me about what about this school and this school? And it's all she finds it through the thread of like football, you know, Clemson and Alabama, of course. So it's like, I guess, you know, Alabama might be an option now. I don't know. But you know, as long as she gets a scholarship, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm sure that she'll have lots of options available to her. That'll be great. So I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting? And when was that? <laughs> what brought me to intermittent fasting? Big dude. You know, one of the reasons <laughs> we connected was uh, we created a podcast called Butt and Gut. And, you know, it's a football kind of adage, you know, it's kind of a term of endearment when, you know, when a coach tells you you're all butt and gut, that doesn't really leave much room for anything else. So, you know, like, Football ends, and most of the time we're usually big guys. So uh, intermittent fasting was a big thing to kind of help us because, again, for us football dudes, we always expend a lot of calories and we always consume a lot of calories. But And then when you stop and you're not expending, that consumption is still there. So intermittent fasting was, A, a great way to, you know, trying to put some parameters around us, trying to put some different things to make sure that you're not just gorging all day because we're not at short of having access for money or food. And, you know, we live in America, there's food everywhere. Oh yeah. But then also just, you know, kind of being who we are, you walk into a bar and somebody's like, I think I know you, let me buy you not a beer. Let me buy you a burger or let me buy you, you know, <laughs> put this fry. Get, or, or if you, if you know the restaurant, somebody looks, you know, Oh, that's my guy from, and give him a, I know he ordered a two piece, but give him a family pack, you know? Right. So, you know, intermittent fasting was a way for us to kind of put some well rails on on myself. And beyond all that is the therapeutic effect. Um, tons of injuries. All of us, a lot of guys have different, a lot of different problems with inflammation, a lot of different things with joints and different things like that. So for me personally, in my personal experience, just fasting and going through, you know, using that protocol regularly just did a great deal on just making sure my my knuckles and my hands and my ankles didn't hurt. And again, I, I always say I'm not some dude who played. I mean, I, the average career in the NFL is three years. I played for seven. I, I, I joke and say I fooled them for seven until they figured out I couldn't play. But there's guys who played 15 years and then back that up with 10 years of just high school. But that's a lot of wear and tear. So intermittent fasting has become kind of the nouveau reach for a lot of folks. But for us, a lot of guys, it really has been more of a big therapeutic thing to kind of help us get the weight off our bodies, get the weight off our joints, get a lot of this inflammation. And then you compound that with a lot of these guys have some diabetes and different things like that. 
it's just overall just tons and tons of great benefits and live by it. Love it. You know, feel weird now when I eat out of my kind of intermittent fasting window now, but that's a, that's a good thing. That is very true. Yeah. I can remember going back, you know, to college and that's really the only time I ever had a lot of experience around, you know, real football players, but they had a separate dining room, but it was right oh, off yeah. the main dining room, but you could see it. <laughs> I mean, You'll this probably is the right? Like, you, could, probably... but you could see it and it was like unlimited food. I mean, like they had plates filed, you know, piled full of food. That's the only thing I remember is like, what are they eating in there? And how much, are, you know, it, it was really built on quantity, right? 100%. And, and now again, you know, there's always a, a need to want to make sure that we catch up the technology of n- nutrition and making sure and guys are getting really and that's why you see the bodies on these guys i mean it used to be guys were 600 uh, 65 you know 300 pounds and they might have you know 18 percent body fat you see a guy now they got six packs there was a kid that went to the draft this year makaya beckton he was six seven almost 400 something pounds but ran almost like a 40 yard dash in like five seconds which wow when you put that mass together you get almost a 400 pound being moving relatively quickly over that short that's a lot of speed but that's just god-given uh talent and ability i mean because you can't make that stuff up but just nutrition and different things throughout so it gets better and better every year but still guys consumption is a big thing for us and and that's the thing i always say with football guys and this is where intermittent fasting always comes in to help us is because we just consume and there's a lot of times for us i mean Everything we do do is over the top. You know, the coach tells us to do 10 reps on the bench. We're going to do 12. You know, we ran 20, 100-yard sprints. Somebody's going to stay up and say, I'm going to get 10 more in. And so it's the same thing when it comes to drinking or to food or relationships or spending money. And so specifically with intermittent fasting and guys with their health, again, it's just kind of seems like a a real thing. It kind of helps us keep it in check because whether you're doing a a 16 and an 8 or 18 and a 6 or whatever it is you want to do, you know, those things aren't foreign to us because like for me, for instance, when I play football, I would never I would never eat breakfast before our morning practice with two a days. And that wasn't because I was nervous or I just didn't want to feel full. But there were some guys they would get up hours before and get the full pancakes and the sausage. And that was their deal. But for me, I was just, man, I just want water and some gum. That's all I want. And it's funny today when I wake up, my my life is a lot of green tea, water and some gum. And it's probably won't be till the evening. Uh, until I probably get that first really big meal for the day. That's interesting. I could never imagine doing a big workout like like a football practice with a lot of food in your stomach. So your way <laughs> sounds better <laughs> to me. Now, did you know that Herschel Walker only eats one meal a day? It makes sense. And if you look at Herschel, and I always tell this joke because Herschel Walker and George Rogers, who's a Carolina Heisman guy, I think Herschel won the Heisman in 80, George won in 81, kind of similar ages, but you can just tell they're two totally different looking guys, even though they're the same age. And it makes sense because when you talk about intermittent fasting, I mean, the the age, you don't age as much. It's There's true. More. And, and you look at Herschel, he looks 20 years younger than George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said he started eating that way. There's a video for anyone who's interested in it. If you go to YouTube, and I think you could probably just search using the words Herschel Walker and one meal a day or something. And of course, you know, he's big here in Georgia. I live in Georgia and everybody loves Herschel Walker here you know, so many Georgia fans, but he explains what he eats. And he said he started this in high school. This is just how he ate and he kept it. And that's just how he eats, you know, and he was able to be a top athlete and did not ever eat until late in the day. That that doesn't, it's wild how you kind of like pick these things up. And like I always say with football guys, 
you know, we know our bodies. I can sit here and not have a scale, but I can tell you, oh, I know maybe to the pound what I weigh. I'm 297 today because I know because you've had this machine your whole life. You've you've run on this, especially the guy like Herschel, like he's running, like running away from people, running through people. So he, he would know. But also it just makes sense. You know, with anything, if I use my phone too much, it's just I'm naturally going to get hot. It's going to, you know, wear down, even though I can continue to charge it up. But it's it's it needs to rest. I've, I've heard of I read books about people when they start, first started doing uh, transatlantic flights where they saying you, you got to rest the plane a little bit. And, you, and you're thinking, man, that's metal that it doesn't need to rest. But it's the same thing that goes for your body and your nervous system, and your digestive system. And as I got older and, you know, less younger. And I always say, you know, football ages you really, really, really quickly. Like every year you play is like a dog year. It's like seven years. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, the more I started eating at night, I started to see like the next morning it had it was really sluggish or it's really hard or, you know, especially the things you eat at night during that certain type of window. You know, you can abstain from alcohol, but eat certain things and feel like you have a hang- hangover the next morning. That's true. And so, again, it all goes back to inflammation. It all goes back to trying to figure out some times to just get your body on that natural rhythm. So your body can rest, uh, the growth hormone can kick in, the, the, all the mitochondria can fix itself and do all those different things. So it's a, it, it doesn't surprise me that Herschel figured that out, and, and that's why he's an elite guy. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Absolutely. So when did you actually first start 
experimenting with intermittent fasting. I know you mentioned that you would skip breakfast before your your training, even you know back back years ago. But like, I don't know that Herschel Walker. I mean, I, actually, I know he did not think I am doing intermittent fasting. He didn't know. No one. It didn't have a name then. And he even in that video says, you know, now this don't do this. This is weird. But I just eat once a day. Of course, now we know it's not weird. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's got health benefits, but. When did you first hear the words intermittent fasting and say, that is what I'm going to do? Maybe around when I started hearing intermittent fat IF a lot. I was probably around maybe five, uh, maybe six years ago. Again, you got to forgive me. I've been hitting the head a lot, but <laughs> just different, just same kind of folks in nutritionists, different like listening to Dave Asprey. And, yep. and obviously he's a big guy for about you know, human engineering, and he wants to live to be 130. And I don't want to live to be 130. I just don't want my my foot to swell up or right. with some other guys, uh, Mark Sesson, uh, different things like that. So that's really kind of similar, maybe similar to Herschel Walker's deal where I, I say, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. And 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 then again, I also think about this component of uh, intermittent fasting, like, you know, that's always kind of a, a perfect challenge for me kind of every day. Okay, I'm not playing football no more. I love to be challenged, love to compete. Okay, but I'm not out here. Don't nor do I want to be out here competing and throwing my body into different people. This old age of 38, 39 years old, where I'm at right now. So intermittent fasting kind of gave me that, gave me that kind of little nugget of like competition. Like, man, I can, I can go without eating for another hour. I can, man, come on, you can, you can wait till three thirty to to put something into your mouth. Come on, you can't. And sometimes it is easy. Sometimes it's not. But then all always, especially after doing like more extended fast and different things like that, you just feel so good. You feel so accomplished beyond the body weight, beyond sleeping better. And we all know those are the effects of intermittent fasting. You just feel like mentally you, you, you toughened up a little bit. As my brother put it, it feels like you kind of took a like a coat off or something like that. You t- kind of took a layer off in maybe a 24 or 48 hour fast and you don't have to do those extreme things. But. It's also kind of the benefit you get by by waiting all day and saying, man, I, I did real good today because I walked into the break room and I didn't eat the the dip they had or whatever. And so it builds up that muscle. So I think, you know, to answer your question, five or six years ago, maybe, but it all makes sense now that somebody actually put those terms around it because there is the medical stuff behind it. So when you first heard about it, did you start right away? You just were like, yes, I'm doing it. And you started with like a 16-8 kind of a thing? Oh, no. Try to you okay. know, try to do everything over the top. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> to... I was thinking about that because you talked about how, you know, in your football career, you're like, well, if you can't, if you're told to do 10, you're going to do 12, right? Yeah. So yeah. like it was kind of laid out in that kind of, I think, 16-8 and like a 24-hour. And then people started getting to the, to the, uh, to the science of like a 60-hour versus a 48, a 36, and then a 72-hour deal. And so I think, uh, I don't think it was that extreme when I first heard it, but I think it was like 24 hours. I was like, man, let me see if I can just kind of like go through a lighter workout day with this. There were some guys where I was training, uh, it used to be Fisher sports out there and Phoenix was a phenomenal place. And again, Phoenix is a, all of these pro cities have a lot of nutritionists and places to work out, but Phoenix seems to be like the hotbed for like athletes and professional athletes so you know out there i was like okay let's do this but there were a lot of guys doing things like carb cycling at the time where they would you know on on this day they would only have 20 grams of carbs and then on our heavy day they would go as high as maybe 75 grams and then oscillate back and forth between those two depending upon the day and the workout so at first i was like well those dudes do i can go zero carbs one day or i can go zero (laughs) calories so 
not smart, but also uh, allowed me. And I was in a safe place where I was healthy enough. I could do some of those things so I could test it out. But like you said, the recovery, uh, sleeping at night, combining some of those things with cold therapy on top of that has just been phenomenal. And now you hear a lot about this. I mean, there's people who have, I mean, to your, you talk about intermittent fasting on a podcast at all, or there's the ice man who only talks about cold therapy. And so it's great to live during this time because you're starting to see, man, I wasn't just out there doing some crazy stuff, man. I was, there was a little bit of method behind the math maybe I just didn't know it was called this. It's funny that you're talking about cold therapy. I have a, another podcast, the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, with co-host Melanie Avalon. She actually interviewed Wim Hof for her her Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast, and she loves cold therapy, but I am resistant. She keeps trying to get me to try it, and I hate to be cold. Like, for example, I have a sauna, and just this morning, I, I spent 45 minutes in my sauna. Mm. I like to be hot. <laughs> mm. Me too. I, again, that's the beauty of being really good at football because it's like the every facility facility is like a uh, is is like a, a great great resort and they got every wet dr- sauna dry sauna they got the they got this you got the cold plunge and you can you can do all of those things in one day but now when you're out there on your own it's tough and it's tough to find enough ice or a cryo place or they're not open at this time or they're out of nitrogen oh uh, you know so it's really tough to, and you got to take advantage of those things but I'm I'm with you I love a sauna as well I miss I miss being in the community with everything with covid and, and sitting in saunas and talking to folks yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. You know, I'd have one in my home. Thank goodness. I feel very fortunate to have that. But I didn't think about you wouldn't be able to get into one of those because it's like a closed up box yeah. with other people. Yeah, it is. It's, the wrong thing to do. it's wild. They have um, they have some new places that I think it's a franchise open out here, but it's you can go into an infrared kind of a box sauna and they have a video playing and you can do a hit workout for 45 minutes or you can do some isometrics and it's a business. And uh I've been thinking about it because I've been itching to get back into a sauna. I haven't been in one in probably well over a year uh, just because of everything that's going on. And I was like, man, I just, you know, I'm from Charleston. Like I said, man, we sweat all the time. We I mean, like it though. We're used to it. We like, we the like time. the heat. So I, I miss the heat. So I, especially that thick humidity heat. So I'm, I'm definitely going to try that out here. Well, the one, the one that I have is one that you can just, you can set up in a room of a home. Even it's a sunlight and sauna. That's the brand. And it's infrared. Um, I had to have a special plug put in because it doesn't plug in. But they have ones you can get in that are that you, that you're like a sleeping bag kind of effect. But the one I have is one you actually go in and sit. I didn't think about doing doing like a high intensity workout in there about if I could do that. <laughs> I used to, I found uh Bikram yoga probably 2006 when I was playing with the Cardinals, looking for something different, uh, trying not to. And, you know, again, <laughs> you first doing it, you're like, what are you doing? But I loved it afterwards, after you got refreshed and after you caught your breath and rehydrated. Is that the, hot, the hot yoga, the Bikram yoga. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the crazy ones. That's the ones where like I always tell I always tell the guys this is how I always got my buddies in there. I was like, man, the, the women in there are phenomenal. They're going to be in bathing suits. And, you know, after about two minutes of that, you can't even see straight because it's so hot in there <laughs> and you're so tired. And it's even worse for football dudes because we're so used to moving. And, you know, the, the whole thought process behind like meditation or anything is just kind of let let that energy bounce around you have to be still right and that's tough for a lot of guys because a lot of times you see guys shaking it off it's kind of like a puppy when i look at my own dog here in the house it's like when he gets a little he'll he'll shake his you know he can and that's how football guys are and so to tell a football guy in a hot room with somebody right next to you in front of you and you can smell their feet it's like that is the yoga in itself just trying to keep your mind calm but that's football that's the trenches after every play, somebody's on top of you, somebody's spitting, somebody's talking about somebody else. And it's like, it's crazy. But whole point is 
Love Bikram yoga, love that whole deal. And same thing with that. Intermittent fasting was a big deal for that because there's no way you can eat going into that two hours before and it's hungry. No, I wouldn't think so. And as hungry as you are afterwards, there's pretty much nothing you can eat probably the next hour afterwards. So there's a nice three or four window right there, three or four hour window right there. You can start building in some stuff there. You got to let your body recover from that. Yes, absolutely. Nervous system is jumping always after that, but it's good. Yeah, I bet. So do you do cold therapy as well? You like I the do. cold therapy? I try to not uh, give the, there's a place around the corner from where I live. They have a cryo set up. And so again, I do some physical therapy there and I'll go in there and try to get cryotherapy every other day if I can, just because of, I love the growth hormone with it. I love, again, combining like intermittent fasting or more of extended fasting. I always say when I fast and, and go in there and get a good cryotherapy, like that night's sleep's going to be awesome. It just feels like it, it just feels like uh, I had a really good workout without the strenuous part of it. And there's some science behind there. I'm sure you guys all know about that. But yeah, love cold therapy and, and try to figure out some ways to get enough ice in my bathtub to do it. But you know, I'm a big <laughs> dude. I hang out. I'm, I feel That's like I'm true. missing a toe or something like you that. Would, you know, for me, the it would be hard just to turn the water to cold on the shower. And that would be cold therapy to me. <laughs> somewhere there's folks who are like start your day off with that cold shower and sometimes i'm like okay i get it it'll wake me up and then sometimes like that's the last thing that's fitting to happen this morning is i'm fitting to sit underneath a cold shower for 10 seconds or 10 minutes it doesn't matter <laughs> well you know i'm i'm not gonna say that i'll never do it so we'll see fingers crossed maybe one day i will so what does a day look like for you um as far as your your intermittent fasting absolutely so depending upon if i'm speaking or anything Regardless of what's going on, I'm pretty much an early riser. So, you know, if we have to travel or do some things like that, I'm pretty much early, up in every day, 5.30ish to 6ish, you know, still crazy guy myself. When I lived on the West Coast, I would still kind of always have that East Coast time clock. So I'd wake up at that time, wake up. Usually for me, it's water, try to get some water in me uh, right away, uh, you know, 30 to 40 ounces, you know, try to just flush that body, uh, try to get everything woken up. Uh, from there, probably a little bit of light journaling, some different things, to, some reading to try to wake my mind up. I've been a big proponent of trying to get that hour power in and, you know, 15 minutes of meditation, so 15 minutes of some type of movement, 15 minutes of some reflection, and of course, just some reading. And again, that just kind of just wakes that that stubborn muscle up here up in that brain and, and try to get, you know, whatever is else going. And, and again, that body-mind connection is really, really important because it all... It all works together in a, in a crazy way, whether you're paying attention to it or not. Uh, from there, it's just from there, it's more water and green tea for me the rest of the day, specifically uh, what's my green. The harsher, the the more pungent the green tea, the better, you know, so I'm a real stickler for that. Uh, I really just drink cu cups and cups of that all day. Uh, depending upon what's going on, I might drink some some ketones or something like that to, to get myself going if we have to do like a bunch of traveling and then maybe stand on my feet for about six hours. But between that, that's pretty much it. Every now and again, I'll, I'll dip a little coconut MCT oil into this green tea to try to get, you know, some version of a bulletproof tea or whatever. I'm not a coffee guy, but we just really love a tea. And um, really from there, I mean, try to make it to at least about four o'clock, five o'clock. And for me, uh, I can always kind of set that benchmark to be five o'clock. But, you know, typical meathead football guy, I know in my brain that I probably won't eat at five o'clock because that's when I start preparing the meal or figuring out what it's going to be for the evening. So that buys me another hour, two hours if my wife's not around or I need to prepare the food. So I can sneaky 
I can get about an 18 hour fasting every day. I can I can get a 20 hour one one meal a day type of deal in for myself pretty pretty consistently. I really like that. I really I really like now my biggest thing is just to make sure that window doesn't go too far into the evening like I said because I am an older individual and it doesn't matter <laughs> you know what I eat even if it is really just good, you know, non non-processed food, meat and a vegetable. You know, if I eat it too late, it's just going to sit on top of me. And, you know, it's all the, all the warnings my old man and my brother used to tell me all the time are coming true for myself. When Yeah, eating a giant amount of food and then going right to bed just doesn't feel good, does yeah. it? And, and even if you trick yourself and say, man, it's Brussels sprouts, I'll be, all right, but you'll be, it'll taste it's like It's still going to be sprouts. sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and those yeah, are the things. Gravity. You gotta, knowing your body, knowing this machine that we all have, we all have a machine that we have to kind of be responsible for and manage. And that's pretty much it. Absolutely. Now, I want you to send me I want you to send me your mailing address cuz I am going to send you a copy of my book Fast Feast Repeat. Yeah. That came out this year and I want to encourage you to make one little tiny change in there and the ketones and the coconut oil and the MCT. Mm-hmm. I know that you're using those for energy, but I would encourage you to leave those out. Okay. I'm a big believer in something I call the clean fast, which is let your body make ketones from your stored body fat. Yes. It's like we that process is one that we really want to um, encourage, the making yeah. of ketones. And to let it happen more them. naturally, correct? Because, yeah. And that's the thing. You know, football guys are supplements. And not to say that I was a big supplement guy, but that is something that I will lean on, I guess. But it's a crutch. And, you know, it can be, you know, you got to be careful with those things. So definitely, I'll definitely try around with yeah. that. Well, I'm going to send it to you. Send me your mailing address and I'm going to send it to you and read read that se- that section on the clean fast. And I, you know, I have something in there called the clean fast challenge. And I just, I used to, you know, before I, I, the obesity code, have you read the obesity code? Have you seen that one? I've read like the cliff notes and, and all those different things and the uh, YouTube deal. Right. That really is what, you know, prior to reading the obesity code, all of us in the intermittent fasting space, really, I mean, I'm not going to say all, but the people who were like doing it and in the groups and talking about it, and even a lot of the books that we would read, all seemed to indicate that intermittent fasting was just a way to, you know, eat fewer calories. That was all. We didn't understand hormonal benefits. We didn't understand, you know, ketosis was something they only talked about in the low carb world. You know, it wasn't any, we didn't understand ketosis went with fasting. There was so little that we understood. Then the obesity code came out. And when I read that, I finally understood all the things that were going on behind the scenes, hormonally, metabolically, and, you know, the processes that we really wanted to encourage. And that was really where the the idea of the clean fast came about for me. I had to get stevia out of my coffee I had to stop, you know, adding stuff in. And it was like flipping a light switch and it it just, it changed everything. Fasting became easier for me. I used to white knuckle it. But the more I took out of the fast, the easier it got and the less, you know, white knuckling there was. So I'm sure if, if I would have been the person popping those ketones, they didn't have them back then <laughs> that I'm aware of. You know, this was 2016. Maybe they did, but I wasn't exposed to them at that point. But I was trying to the the MCT oil. I also learned not to do that on an empty stomach. I have a really bad MCT oils. They will upset your system. Oh. You ever experienced that? Yes, absolutely. And again, <laughs> reading directions are like, that doesn't apply to me. But they tell you on a bottle, you know, slowly add half a teaspoon. And you're like, give me two teaspoons off top. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> 
I'm going to take a shot of it. That's actually what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm just going to, I want you to think about that and then um, try it and let me know, follow up just to see, because I really think the clean fast is our our magical difference that for sure, for sure. You'll feel even so much better. And I think that's another big thing with intermittent fasting is like, if we just get out the way, like we, you know, again, thinking about humans and the the timeline of, you know, hum, humans to whatever, whatever you believe. But, you know, we've, we've done a whole lot and we've become, we've come really far. We got computers, we got headphones, we got our Wi-Fi. I don't know how this thing works, but a lot of times we get too <laughs> smart. For our, right. We get too smart for our own good. And I think intermittent fasting is a good kind of like constant reminder to like, to just get out the way. We don't, even when you're fasting, you make sense. You don't have to add something to accelerate because ketones will be released through your liver perfectly for you and your situation. Um, you know, my liver might be, I might be skinnier, but it might be a little bit more fat laden than somebody who's bigger. And there's, so again, I mean, your body will regulate, but just, you got to kind of not be so smart and, and trust your, your body and, and all these different things. And that is again, another beautiful thing. I hate to get off into this tangent, but like, that is the thing that reminds me about I love the tangent with intermittent fasting is that it'll, your body will correct itself. Think about a cold or thinking about any time you get any of those things, like last thing you want to do is eat. And so, and that's again, a natural set point for your body to try to recover and and fix itself. Yeah. I think that I've been way less, you know, sick frequently, less, less frequently sick since doing intermittent fasting back before I was an intermittent faster, you know, I was a school teacher and I continued to teach for a few years after adopting an intermittent fasting lifestyle before I retired. But when I was frequently eating and teaching elementary school, I was always, you know, catching something and it would always turn into an ear infection or a sinus infection. And I would end up with an antibiotic. And ever since I adopted the um, the intermittent fasting lifestyle as a lifestyle, I have not needed to take an antibiotic or go to the doctor for an illness since. I mean, that right there is profound. I let my body have time. I'm not going to say I've never been sick. But it's, it's, and I'm not going to say that intermittent fasting will protect, you know, 100% of things. You can still get sick. But for me, it's night and day. No more infections yearly, several times a year, no more antibiotics. And when I have been sick, my body recovers on its own. That's amazing because as somebody who goes in and out of schools, various schools all the time before COVID, I mean, now when you think about it, you're like, oh man, what is, what were they doing? But before then... And, and if you're a parent or, or like you say, yourself, a teacher, you knew that, man, I'm I'm good for three sinus infections this this school year. If I make it through two, that's a success or and that's really interesting. And, and, and same thing here. I haven't I haven't had that sinus infection probably in two or three years. I haven't had that, you know, that that chest cold that turns into something and you got to go get, you know, some uh, an antibiotic. And again, we all know the deal with antibiotics, especially when you have too much, because there is so many. And everything we do from meats to, I mean, just all type of stuff. So again, our bodies are smart enough. You know, the world is smart enough. The environment is smart enough. And and so if we don't try to, you know, be too smart and say, oh, I need to drink Crystal Light packets and all this stuff to get going, no. <laughs> you know, your body can do that. It's interesting because that is also a tough deal. And just being around teachers a good di- bit, you had to feel really, really brave to try to adopt an intermittent lifestyle while still being in the school, in the schoolhouse with little kids running around. Because again, food is kind of the respite. The break room is the respite. If you're a teacher, you're, you know, who's, who's on your hall, who has the chocolate, you know, who on your hall has the salty, you know, who on your hall 
is not that. And it was big. always me. I always had drawers of, of all that. <laughs> I had it all in my desk. I had the chocolate. I had the snacks. I had the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, that I mean, was without, but, but that's not that crutch to lean on. And so, you know, a little less irritable. And, and, and so you can see how somebody would adopt that, man, I need the, that snicker, the little handful of snickers too. So I don't yell at little Johnny and just give him a complex for the rest of his life. No. No, you can figure it out if you're a teacher, because if you got degrees and all this stuff, but it's just habits and we get so accustomed to those different things. But breaking patterns, it's tough. It's tough. It's really hard. I was 210 pounds, so I was obese and that was my motivation. You know, I ended up to losing about 80 pounds that I've kept off since 2015. So I've been, you know, the same size since then, which is amazing because I had always yo-yoed up and down and would lose the weight, gain the weight, gain more. And this is the first time I've ever in my life been able to lose weight and keep it off and maintain the loss. But that was my motivation. So and when it was, you know, hard and I was trying to break those patterns, like you're saying, I mean, there's always food in the break rooms at school. They're feeding you, you know, sweet treat day. It's PTA week and it's Chick-fil-A is on Monday oh, and yeah. then Zaxby's is on Tuesday. And then we have a potluck it's soup, but, but the potluck soup is all it's hearty, gravy-based, clam chowder. You're like, oh man. And, and you wonder, and I'm telling you, it's no different than a break room in a Fortune 500 company. There's no different than an NFL locker room. There's, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's why it's so hard for these guys, because the money and the access, there'll be a new bakery that opened and they want to make sure all the NFL guys and their wives will drop off three dozens of this. And again, growing up, you're like, you don't throw away food. Right. And that's the thing we get. That's really, right. You, you get kind of because that's where food is sneaky, unlike alcohol or drugs where you can, you know, you don't have to go live, sit in a bar every day, but you got a refrigerator. In you your have house. to eat. Yeah, you got to eat. You have to eat. As your mama says, you got to eat something. And so, you know, that turns into and and then it figures out and it goes back to choices. So, man, I definitely applaud you for that, because, you know, even for myself, I always tell people, man, I've, I've lost well over 100 pounds, but it's just been the same 10 pounds, 15 pounds, like 20 times over my entire life. And that's pretty indicative of everybody's experience. You you kind of figure it out. But to lose weight or to get out of debt or any of those things, especially to lose the weight, especially with food. That's you got to become a whole different person, your mindset, your thoughts. And I think intermittent fasting, and you can probably attest to that, it helps so much to change that your mind. Yes. And, you know, I the important mental shift for me was to stop thinking about it as hard and that I was giving up, you know, during the day, like when they were having those treats. And I actually my, my first book was called Delay, Don't Deny. And so, you know, I could take those treats home. You know, if it was sweet treats day, I would go and look at all the things that were there and be like, well, I don't want all this store-bought stuff, like the parent who went to the grocery store and bought, you know, a, a coffee cake that they made in the bakery. But that muffin that looks homemade, I'm going to put one of those in a baggie, <laughs> and I'm going to take that home, and I'm going to eat it in my eating window. And so the whole idea of that I wasn't saying no to having that, I was just delaying it to later. And so it suddenly didn't feel like such a sacrifice. And then I also was so much more productive. Yes. Uh, because on those days that I fell victim to the me too, gonna I'm going to do it too, you're having it, I'm having it philosophy, you know, seeing people eat, I'm going to join you. I felt so blah the whole rest of the afternoon that I'm like, it's really not worth it. I'm not depriving myself of anything by saying I'm going to have that later. And that right there became so powerful because it was just a choice. It became my choice. How do I want to feel the rest of the day? Choice. That's our superpower. And then it wasn't hard. 
Right. Yeah, right. Our choice is a superpower, but a lot of times we feel like, man, it's, this is my only option or Snickers or Butterfingers. These are my, no, there's, there's another option, you know, and I love how you said, you know, you delay, don't deny, because you're going to run out of nose. You're going to run out of, you know, uh, I'm on this diet. I'm on the, eventually it doesn't matter who you are, Michael Jordan, whoever, you're going to run out of nose. So again, having that set up and that's again, why I like intermittent fasting It's black and white for me. Are you putting something in your mouth that's going to kick it up, whether it even be food or drink, or can I save that till later? So I'm not telling you, you can't have this. You just got to wait a little bit and productivity to your point, being a creative, it made sense to me when I played football to not be heavy and be out there and I could create all type of, I could hurdle a guy and spin on one foot. And, you know, when you look at it, that's being creative. That's like being a dancer, you know, and it's no different now, even though I don't use my body, I'm trying to be creative with my brain or give the best speech I can or come up with these books and these ideas. And I can't do that when, even if I just try to eat a, a healthy meal, you know, a bunch of nuts, you know, I'm just not going to be productive. I need a little respite before it kicks back up again. And that makes sense because of your body. So all the benefits of intermittent fasting. And, and I love that because it's all tied into a reward. I can, I've done a good job. I've been productive today. I, I stayed away from the food. I got all my interviews done. I did everything. Now I can reward myself and have the discipline to have the good meal, but also to enjoy something. It's the cookie test. It's that, it's that cookie test that we see kids have in elementary For the kids, school. like with the, yeah. the kids. Explain the cookie test for anybody who's yeah. So, I, you know, don't don't claim that I know everything. I just watched the TED talk once or twice. But basically they had elementary kids or really preschool kids come in and they tell them, you know, if you can I'm going to leave this cookie in here and, and I'll be back in 20, 30 minutes. And if you don't have if you don't eat this cookie, I'll give you three more. I'll give you two more. And so obviously there's some kids who fight the battle. They show the kid hiding underneath the table. There's a kid who's kind of like biting his sleeve. And there's some kids that's like turned around and not looking at it. Licking the uh, cookie or sniffing some, the cookie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's some kids like me that was just like, as soon as that you see that door closed, you're like, <laughs> and you eat the cookie right Eating away. the cookie, right? Right. And it just goes back to talking about uh, the whole point of the exercise is basically talking about delaying gratification and, and the kids who are probably, you see them probably going to be more prone to be successful in this realm because they they can delay gratification. Doesn't mean that all hope is lost. If you were lunch in the morning, you ate the cookie as soon as the kid walked out of the, you know, I just call that 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 parent wasn't smart. You got to know who I am. You you give me a you give me a cookie, I'm gonna eat it. But it's with anything in life, you know, whether you're trying to save for your 401k, are you trying to delay gratification today so you can live the way you want to when you retire from school? Or are you trying to be a writer? You got to show up every day. You're delaying watching The View every morning for that hour of just writing, even though that writing feels terrible or whatever it is. Same thing with working out. So the cookie test is in everything. And I think and that's one thing we always talk about. And that, and that just came to mind when you were talking about saving that good muffin. That's another great tip that I love for myself is if you're going to eat something, you know, quote unquote, bad, sugary or whatever in your window, whenever you choose to eat it, go for the best. You know, right. I can go get star you know this this store-bought stuff whatever but i know mrs jones only sells this pineapple upside down cake on tuesdays in april and i will wait to get that cake because it's you know obviously she puts more love into it she puts a lot of all, all that cool stuff but and you just enjoy it more i think it goes back to 
you know, you can spend money on everything or you can spend money on the things you really, really value and really enjoy and enjoy spending that money as opposed to just feeling like, man, I wasted it. We shouldn't have gone to McDonald's. No, you should have went to the best burger place that you like and really enjoyed it. And so that's something that kind of helped me keep that fence around myself. Like, man, Sprinkles Cupcake is closed, man. I really want a cupcake, so I'm not going to go to the store and get the store bought one. I'll wait. And that gives me another 24 hours. And then, you know, that that urge is not there anymore. It, you, you help yourself. That's true. That often does happen. You're like, you know, I'm just going to have that later. And then later comes and you're like, now I really want to have some roasted Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Which are phenomenal. <laughs> they are. Phenomenal. They really are. I, I love them. And what's funny is my, I didn't used to eat Brussels sprouts or like them. And so now I do. And I, I told my husband, I'm like, yeah, pick up some Brussels sprouts. I want to eat them. And he's like, I thought you didn't like them. I'm like, where have you been? I've been eating them for like two years now. But he forgot. I guess I don't know. He hadn't noticed. <laughs> but I wouldn't touch them for so long. But yeah, you and you and everybody in the world. And now it just seems like uh, if if I was a if I was a gambling man, I'd put all my money on Brussels sprouts because <laughs> I mean everybody. I mean they're everywhere. You're, you're seeing them at. You've seen them at restaurants now. I mean, a lot of the chain restaurants that never, and that just shows you, you know, the appetite for Brussels sprouts is up there, just like chili cheese fries. So that's great that that, that option is there. And it, they have to be cooked properly, though, because I can remember the when I thought of Brussels sprouts, it was like the way my mother would get them. She would get like gross ones and like frozen and then boil them or some nonsense mm. like that. Yeah. And that doesn't even sound good. But when you roast them with the olive oil and they get that little crust on the bottom, with salt and pepper, that's all you need. Ugh, mm. Perfect. And that's the thing about food. I, I forget where I heard this from. And it makes sense. You know, growing up in the South, uh, hibachi is a really big thing. Not just, you know, Chinese food or hibachi having them. And it's something about just getting it fresh off the grill, fresh, that texture that makes all the difference. And then it's the same way with vegetables. You know, maybe, you know, if you just char them just a little bit or just, you know, I've, I've realized, you know, I like bro I like broccoli, but if I char them on the grill for like five minutes, season them as if they are a steak or no different than cauliflower steaks doing the same. It's phenomenal. And I mean, I hate to You're say right. this. That's where that flavor is, right? Yeah. The, fla the flavor is in that char. And that's all it is. It's seasoning. And, and you could eat as much as you want. But, you know, I can't eat a 16 ounce ribeye like that. I can eat part of it, but not all of it. And so, again, that's the thing I think as an adult growing up realizing, man, it's not the steak I want. I want the char. I want the I want the hot sizzle. I want that's all of those things. And I can still find that happy medium in there. But never would have thought Langston Moore growing up being <laughs> 39 years old saying, Y'all have any, you know, Brussels sprouts on the menu? I'm, I'm looking. I don't see. I don't see those here. You know, but that's the beauty. Of yeah, where are the vegetables? <laughs> that's right. I love it. So, what does your your eating window look like on a typical day? As far as like, what's on your plate? I know you you just said Brussels sprouts and broccoli. You eat a lot of. You eat everything though. You're not restricting anything specifically. So I tr I try to stay away from the sugars and the flours for sure. And then, but with that, that leaves me. I'm a Charleston guy, so that still leaves me my rice. So I still have that opportunity. Oh yeah, being able. You know, my mom was a uh, Midwest gal. So, you know, we always had potatoes and stuff. And, and then you combine that with growing up in Charleston for me, which I was born and bred. So, you know, you might have potatoes and rice and a meal or something like that. But I don't really get, you know, potatoes aren't something for me. I got to have a potato with every meal. So I get off on getting cauliflower and just, you know, pureeing and basically making cauliflower mash. And I'll do that. I mean, that goes with everything. I can have cauliflower mash and some a pot roast. And so that gives me that, that gravy and meat and potato sensation I'm looking for. 
but it's still kind of zero low carb because they're, you know, it's a whole two heads of cauliflower and a meat. So for me, in a perfect ideal world for me every day, it's just going to be meat and vegetable with another vegetable. And so I always, you know, get over on my kid because she's like, it's mashed potatoes, right? I'm like, yeah, have, have as much <laughs> as you want more. Would you like some more? But, you know, I got to hide the I got to hide the blender in the food processors because she's like, oh, that's that cauliflower. Now she gets it now. and She likes it. But so if I can for myself, even though I'm making the meal, if I can somehow sneak in two or three extra vegetables into my deal. So like if I'm doing like a pot roast, tons of vegetables in there, celeries, onions, leeks, all those different things in there. Yeah. Uh, and then you put on top of that or you put the the cauliflower mash and then you backdoor with some uh, balsamic Brussels sprouts. I mean, that's it. That's I mean, that's a pretty for a big ex NFL dude that's still trying to cut the weight and get under 290. That's a big, satisfying meal. And that's always the biggest thing. You want to be satisfied, um, you know, trying to incorporate. And real food does that. 100 percent. 100 percent. And when you first make the shift from eating a bunch of processed stuff, you know, there's there's a reason why guys have a hankering for salt or whatever. It's because you want those phytonutrients. You want all that stuff from the kale or the collards. And that's the other good thing about for me. I mean, I'm glad that those things weren't always seen as nasty, you know, like so it's it's not crazy for me to put on a pot of collard greens and make those and eat those for three or four days throughout the week or cabbage or mix in between cabbage and then and then Brussels sprouts the next day. And you're like, man, all I'm really eating is damn, it's the cabbage diet. This is all I'm really eating. But I'm getting the vitamins. <laughs> I'm getting all the good stuff right. I want, but I don't feel deprived. I don't feel like, man, I need something to finish me off on top of this. And that's where guys, I think, get in a lot of trouble and binging and different things. But you get your salts, you get your vitamins, you get all those different things. And it just helps. And there's plenty of fiber, which is that magic word you don't want to hear when you get close to 40. But fiber and 40 really go together really well. That's true. That's true. You know, I do great with beans. I eat a lot of beans. They make me so satisfied and lots of fiber. The other day I was I was I was doing this nutritional thing, Zoe, which is part of the predict study. They're doing personalized nutrition about how we're all different with what foods work well for us. But one of the foods that works great for me is beans. So I was eating a ton of them. I had like 73 grams of fiber one day. <laughs> That's a lot of fiber. Yeah. It is. I felt pretty it, proud of that. <laughs> and But again, it's, it's a transport. You know, it helps that microbiome in your stomach. It helps get all those good stuff to there. Of course, we know it flushes you out, but, you know, it helps deliver those nutrients to that tennis elbow you might have because again and that's the thing we just can't be so smart you know it's one thing to try to go get the icy hot and the bomb and put it on your elbow but if you just eat right and go to sleep a little bit early maybe drink a little bit more water i mean you don't have to smell like a little fasting yeah you don't have to smell like there you go you know so and that's the thing sometimes we can really a lot of times we can be too smart for our good our own good so and that's the thing about just keeping it simple like you said Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This podcast is supported by FedEx. 
FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tell us about your podcast a little bit, the Butt and Gut Podcast. Yeah, it's a, a lot of what we're talking about here is just football guys kind of having the same conversation. Might be a little bit more colorful language, uh, you know, a little peek into the locker room. But uh, we interviewed, you know, well over 13, 14 NFL guys for, that I've played with are in the NFL now. And we'll be rolling out season two. But, you know, for a lot of these guys, they've been big their whole lives. Uh, like for me, I, I wasn't the biggest guy when you get into the NFL, but I was always big. I was 150 pounds in the third grade. I remember when I went to the doctor's office with my mom, got on the scale. The doctor's like, yo, we got to, this is not normal. And then, of course, I wasn't playing football. And then, God bless my mom, she took me to go get ice cream right after that. Because, you know, as all typical moms do, you're fine. You play sports. You run all day. Da, 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 da. So as long as I had sports and those things to offset that chart, because I was way off the chart, the obesity chart, whatever. But I was also off the chart on the size and everything like that. So as long as I had football, I was safe. But now... You know, when football's over and you're 28 or you're 32 or whatever, you're an immediate risk for a whole bunch of things. And if any one of us passed out and died, they'd be like, well, of course, he was obese. He did. I don't care if he played football. So for the butt and gut stuff, we just talk about the psychology of food. For a lot of us, we talk about how football fed us. The better we played, the better food we ate. You know, all-star games to being drafted. We already know what money and those different things. But also, the better you played, the better health care you got. And so for a lot of guys, one of the guys we we interviewed this season, Kendall Simmons, he's a, a coach for the Auburn Tigers and uh, used to play Super Bowl champion, play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't find out he had diabetes till his second year in the NFL. So he, he went through the combine. They tested him for steroids and drugs and everything and all the neck up uh, checkup from the neck up. They did everything, but they didn't find out that he actually had this disease until his second year. And then so how does he treat it? Now, again, this is not 1980. This is the early 2000s. And, you know, his career was looked at as it was going to be over for him. So talking about the misnomer of information and different things out there. And he's a big guy. He's trying to figure out, man, I got to block this 400 pound offensive lineman. Hello to Janata this week. Uh, this dude is not going to take it <laughs> a break because I got diabetes. So how do you figure that? So now seeing his transition uh, working with kids with diabetes and obviously he's still a large male, but getting those things under control. His weight loss journey is totally different from my weight loss journey. I got another buddy who has kidney problems and different guys, so they can't have too much protein. And so, you know, in an effort to try to still stay big but lose the weight, how do you balance the kidney function with the protein? So that's the thing we always tell guys. Yeah, it's cool that we have these NFL monikers and all these different things, but everybody pretty much has the same set of problems. Ours are just like everything else we did are, are pretty much big and, and exacerbated. So we kind of lean on each other, share stories, share workouts, uh, share meal plans, share a lot of intermittent fasting things. There's huge proponent of, our, of, of us who have bought into that lifestyle just because of injuries, just because of mood. Uh, a lot of guys who have been on different things are trying to get themselves off of different things. Intermittent fasting has been something that they really lean on a good bit besides typical movement, meditation, meditation 
making sure they get the right foods into their bodies and different things. So the Button Gut Podcast has been phenomenal for us. I'll make sure we we send you all the information and we'd love to send you some books and merchandise too. I'd love to see you walking around Augusta with the Button Gut sweatshirt on and all that stuff. But we'll send it to you. But it's a funny, it's a funny deal because again, if you've ever been around sports or football, especially in the South, the coach, oh man, you all button gut, man. You all I can do is put you on the offensive line. And so, and that's another thing for for a lot of guys to play. You know, they're maybe a tight end in high school and they were pretty good at tight end. But for them to continue to play, they couldn't play at tight end. So the only thing they could do was eat. And so you go from eating to be a tight end to eating to be an offensive tackle. And then you realize, man, I'm not tall enough to be an offensive tackle. I'm more of a center. So I got to eat another 20, 50 pounds worth of stuff. And that becomes your career. And so for a lot of guys, you know, you you, you supplement food for talent sometimes. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. But you just can't live like that for the rest of your life. So much within uh, in football. It's so interesting, man. It's It's been a great, 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 great experience putting this together. Well, I love it. It sounds like a very valuable podcast and one that I, I think that my listeners would enjoy hearing too, because they're interested in food and of course, intermittent fasting. And, you know, you mentioned the health benefits and, and you've talked about decreased inflammation. Have there been any specific health benefits that you can pin on intermittent fasting other than just general, you know, decreased inflammation? Uh, just as I look at myself, you know, there used to be a time when I would eat whatever, especially later at night without the intermittent fasting consistently. I mean, just getting dark, the bags underneath my eyes. I think about my dad who used to be on a, uh, he used to do drive time radio early in the morning. And so his schedule would be three o'clock and he's on the air at 5 a.m. and he's off at 10. So it's, you know, his sleep wake schedule was all messed up. And so obviously his diet was all messed up. And then, so he just hung Anything he ate would hold on to him. So, I mean, for me, probably digestion, just things just flowing smoothly. I, I don't want to be too crass on here, but I mean, as <laughs> you get older, you, there's, a, there's a whole industry. Uh, there's, we a get whole, it. there's a whole industry on paying a lot of money just so everything flows smoothly from aloe vera juice to Swiss crisps to whatever it is you you claim to, claim to fame, you know, cod liver oil. I don't know. But again, we don't have to go to these extremes. You can just intermittent fasting, giving yourself that window, seeing the difference just hormonally. I can tell the difference when, I mean, with my wife, I mean, if I can go on a bender and have them M&Ms, oh, look out. It might as well have been a whole bottle of scotch last night because I'm going to be cranky in the morning because of the sugar. And it makes sense because sugars and alcohol and all these different things. So getting away for that, resetting your mood, using intermittent fasting plus bone broth and some different things to reset that. And I mean, all of that stuff doesn't seem like you know, some folks will say, man, I'll take a six pack over that. But I mean, I'd rather have a, a good, consistent digestive system than a six. pack. Not to say I don't want the six pack, but the digestion takes precedent over that. Yeah, we won't sure. turn down a six pack. Not I like at all. a six pack. Not at all. <laughs> That's great. So tell us about um, about your books a little bit, too. We're, we're coming close to the end, but where can people find your books? Where can people find you? Yeah, everything uh, can be found on our website, athletesandartists.net. That's athletesandartists.net. For us, our our books are, we, our first book was called Just the Chicken. Uh, South Carolina, the mascot is Gamecock, a.k.a. a glorified chicken. And so pretty much the crutch of the story is this chicken goes around and compares himself to all the other mascots uh, who happen to be the SEC mascots and doesn't realize right. who he is as special. He's a Gamecock. So that's a good story, whether, you know, regardless if you're thinking about whatever, it's about comparison identity until he got back around other chickens who looked like him and let him know that it's okay being who he was. He didn't have to fly high like the Auburn Eagles or whoever. Being who he was was pretty cool. So that was our first first book called Just a Chicken. Second book was called uh, Just a Chicken Little. 
So at South Carolina, we think there is a curse. And we think just like the story Chicken Little, everybody thinks the sky is falling in. So, you know, right now we just went through a coaching chain. So everybody thinks the sky is falling on top of itself. And we got to pay somebody $15 million and our team is... So there's a everybody has a similar story within their household. Your uncle was unlucky, so you're going to be unlucky. And and again, it always <laughs> takes somebody older to say no, because your other uncle was this and your other uncle was this. And, you know, so if we focus on the negative, that's all we'll ever see with anything. And that was our second book. Our third book, which we will publish here in a couple months, is called Eustace Was a Rooster That Doesn't Crow Anymore. And it's pretty much an old rooster who was once the best cocky mascot. We still set that in that backdrop, but he's coming back to kind of tell one of the younger roosters who's having some success that one day you're going to be old too. And so the biggest thing is about the exchange, making the exchange and telling everybody what you know, so they can go and not make the mistakes that maybe you did or I did. So it's been really cool for us to get out there and to publish these books. Of course, it's fun to see our names on it, but our biggest thing is getting into the schools and telling kids that you're not probably going to play in the NFL. You're not going to be good like I was, and I wasn't really that good to begin with. Every kid thinks they're going to play sports. Our biggest thing is we tell them to go pro in reading, writing, and speaking. Those are skills. Love it. Everybody has the opportunity to get better at those skills. doesn't matter where you start. But unlike football with talent, if you don't come out the womb and have that opportunity to be six, seven, you're not probably going to play basketball. If your mom is five foot, your daddy five foot, you probably need to go ahead and give up that NBA career because that's not it. But you can have a job in the NBA for 20 plus years and never play basketball and have just as much fun going to all the parties, going to all those things. And that's pretty much what we do, because a lot of the guys we used to play with are the team trainers for the Indianapolis Colts. And he makes over a quarter of a million dollars a year. And he's been doing this for 15 years. And he had Super Bowl rings where I had to play and I played on the worst team ever. And I never <laughs> won a football game when I played for the Detroit Lions. We went 0-16. So oh, goodness. it goes all back to choices. So building up that skills, reading, writing, and speaking is going to be your path. You can always outread your situation. You can always outwrite your situation. And you can always outspeak. We know we always know that kid who's a slick talker, but there's a difference between putting a thought and putting an idea together and trying to convince some people and, and get them to look at your point of view. And so we just try to make that distinction with kids and give kids that opportunity and show them because, you know, everybody thinks they're going to play sports. But even if you are lucky enough to play, you know, the NFL stands for not for long. You ain't going to be there too long. So if you played for free for 10, 15 years and your mama took you all those practice, you only might get paid for two of those years. And that's not a fair exchange. It's kind of like eating the bad calories. We got to make sure the exchange is equal. Well, I love that. In one minute or less, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Oh, one minute or less. Just uh, <laughs> just try. You never you never know. It sounds simple, but it is hard. I will give you that 100, 100%. But see if you can make it to 12 o'clock. You know, see if you can make it 30 minutes beyond that. We talked about delaying, not just saying, uh, not saying no outright. You know, if usually your set point is by nine o'clock, man, it's I need breakfast. Well, can you make it to 1030? Uh, can you can you set up your situation where you you do that? And again, you feel so much more empowered when you start doing that and just make those incremental steps a little bit here and there. You don't have to go to full 24. You don't got to be a crazy football dude like we were uh, a little bit goes <laughs> a long way. And our bodies, it's kind of kind of like that old adage. You take one step and, and your body will kind of take two steps towards you. So, I mean, you don't have to make a big giant leap, make a small step and your body will reward you with feeling better. Well, Langston, I have really enjoyed talking to you today, and thank you so much for being here with us. This was awesome. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com, and I'll add you to the lineup.
That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.